Today we have Karina Manuela. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Like how, how did you get from being born <laughs> <laughs> to where you are now? <laughs> um, well, I mean, as far as like being politically involved, I guess. Yeah. Um, I grew up listening to rock music oh. and it was always, you know, anti-government, anti-Big Brother, anti-war. So I've kind of always been, um, I guess, a little bit like rebellious in that sense against the government. Rage Against the Machine? Yeah, huge Rage Against the Machine fan until I found out they were communists. So <laughs> until you find out that they're Rage Against or Rage for the Machine? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was just kind of like always my stance on the government. Um, and then in high school, I think I might have been in my senior year, Obama came on the scene. Mm. And I feel like the rock scene really goes in with like the art scene too. Oh, yeah, for and sure. And they had those um, those posters of him with the hope, and he seemed like the cool guy. Like, okay, like this is, like, mm. he's not really a part of the government. Like, he's one of us. Like, like an outsider people, right? Yeah. yeah. And they really pushed him that way. So then I was thinking, okay, so maybe I'm, I'm more Democrat and less libertarian, um, and I do want to help my community. Like, at that point, I was already getting involved with, like, how do I help my community? How do I reach out to people? Um, so that sparked my interest. And then after that, Hillary came on the scene. Oof. And at this point, I'm in college. So I'm going to Cal State Long Beach, um, very like into the whole feminist movement. And her whole thing was, I'm with her. And mm. it's like, oh, the first woman president, you're a woman, like this is, you have to back her. I knew absolutely nothing about her. Um, didn't know any of her policies or like what she stood for, her past. Um, and then 2020 happened. And my whole world just got turned upside down politically and actually did my own mm. research for the first time. Oh. Yeah. Didn't listen to it. You know, some artist was telling me or the media was telling me. And that just completely changed my whole perspective on everything. And so you, do you always feel like you were always kind of a little politically active just because of like the music that you listen to? And you're like, yes, like we need to rage against the government. Yeah. yeah and then, so. But so, so then the rock music kind of made you more libertarian, you said? Yeah, definitely more libertarian. Okay, we need to abolish rock music immediately. <laughs> I think, too, like, the books I was reading at the time, like, 1984 and uh, The Giver, yeah. um, Fahrenheit 451, like, all those books were, like, beware of this totalitarian government that's coming. And now, when you talk about, like, the feminist movement, were you a feminist? Or you were just kind of, like, dabbling in... Uh... I don't really know, to be honest with you, because... I just, um, I took a lot of like women's studies classes too. I was a liberal arts major, mm. emphasis in graphic design, but I took a lot of like Greek mythology classes and stuff like that. So for me, it was more just like, how can we empower women? And I still, that's something I'm still passionate about, but the feminist movement itself, I wasn't really too familiar with. And once I learned where it came from and like what, what its true goals are that that was like a huge eye opener. So I don't, I don't want to call myself like I was a feminist because I was never like, in the in the trenches of like what they stand for. You know, even okay. the, like, um, the abortion stuff and the the pay gap thing. I was curious about. You know, they have that. Um, I forgot what they call it. Like the pay gap day or something like that where they compare like women's wages oh right wages like to women's wages, wages to men's yeah. wages or it's like 77 cents yeah. or something like that and, like, and, if, and, and then if you like look a at white man specifically right so but, uh, you know seeing that in college i'm and i'm about to like go into my career field and just looking at it at face value i was like yeah we need to stop that now and then mm. i think um you remember emma 
Yes. She did like a whole breakdown on like, you know, the difference in careers and why this is a thing and why women stay home to take care of their families. So I don't really, I don't want to say that I was a feminist, but I was just very like, um, I guess romanticized by the whole like, idea of it. Right. Because you felt like it was like, I'm fighting for social justice here. Right. Right. Yeah. And, I'm fighting and, for my ladies. You know? And I actually <laughs> think that that is something that like Democrats are really good yeah, at. They're definitely. really good at um, labeling things that they're fighting for, like in the name of social justice. Yeah. And when you take a look, like, for example, like black organizations like Black Lives Matter, it's almost like so from what I understand, like there was a whole board discussion to label Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Mm. And the reason why they came up with that name, it wasn't just like one person shouted it out and they're like, ooh, like, I like that. It's like there, there was millions of dollars in, in study groups, focus mm. groups, and sitting down around like a discussion table of coming up with a name for a new movement, a new social justice movement, and, and labeling it something that what can we have this be called that it'll be really hard to be against. Right. And so when you think like Black Lives Matter, who in their right mind never wants to say, I'm against Black Lives yeah. Matter? Because it's like, that sounds horrible that right. you're against like Black Lives. And so it was interesting because I was like even doing like a little breakdown on where their money goes. And it's like half of the money that was donated to Black Lives Matter was spent in advertising and like wow. hiring people for PR firms and like all these strategic people to like market mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter. I'm like, dude, half the money? I'm like, dude, yes. you could have solved so much, you know? Um, <clears throat> well, that's what the Democrats are so good at is the marketing. Yeah, you know, they're, they're very good at that. They're a marketing machine. Like, right. they're, they're marketing compared to the GOP. It's like incomparable. I think until Trump came on the scene and kind of came along with the Make America Great thing, it's like, right. it challenges that. Like, well, that's another um, catchphrase that who's going to disagree with making America great. Right. And they found a way to do it. But, you know, <laughs> to me, I was like, well, that sounds good too, you know? Right. Like, and is that kind of like, so can you kind of guide me through that? So 2016, you were still kind of like with her, right? Yeah. You were with Hillary Clinton. And so is that who you voted for in 2016? You voted for Hillary Clinton? Yeah, I voted for Hillary. And so then when did that shift happen though? Like when between you finding out and possibly screaming into the air that <laughs> Donald Trump just won. And then did you find, you said you started kind of doing your own research, but like, how, how did that happen? Was it kind of like, grad, like who did you start listening to or like podcasts or mm -hmm. what people became influential and in you going from libertarian to liberal to now conservative or Republican? Yeah, definitely conservative, definitely okay. Republican. Um, well, 2020, they closed down um, you know, all small businesses, basically. Um, I was working at a couple of different gyms at the time. And a lot of my friends are business owners. I'm an entrepreneur as well. And I just saw the hypocrisy of like all the other businesses that were allowed to stay open and um, all the small businesses that couldn't and were literally like dying off because of, you know, this government control that they had. Right. And the hypocrisy and the mandates like of the biggest corporations down to the mom and pops. So, like, my more, like, libertarian side was, like, okay, like, you know, we got to get involved. This big government that they've been talking about is here. Um, and I was watching the press conferences. And consistently, Trump was, like, we need to open the country. We need to open the country. Small businesses. Like, this is hurting them. And then the Democrats were, like, no, absolutely not. And then, you know, we're in California. Yeah. Gavin Newsom was, like, the worst of them all. Yeah. Um, so that kind of got, like, the wheels turning. I was, like, you know what? This guy is saying everything that... I've been saying for a while, you know, like he's talking about 
um, the deep state and like this shadow government that's like coming into ushering communism and some people were like oh he's crazy I was like but that's how I've been like those are conspiracies but they've happened in other countries mm -hmm. so I don't know how it's a conspiracy you know so then um, I went to a rally I went to the open California rally and I saw a bunch of people in MAGA hats and oh, I was okay. like Oh my God, where am I? Because you know, from <laughs> at that point, I was still like, you know, the MAGAs are the white supremacist extremists. There's no Latinos involved. And then I saw you, and I saw Jorge, oh, and there yeah. was a ton of Hispanic people there. Um, I remember seeing um, like vendors and um, people that owned like the restaurants in downtown LA, like with signs in Spanish saying that they needed to open their businesses and feed their families. So I think at the time, um, you were still a conservative Latino on Instagram. Right. So I was like, okay, what's a conservative Latino? Like, I've never heard of that. And the worst thing that the Democrats did was close my business because they gave me time. <laughs> like, uh oh. You know, like, I'm at home with nothing to do. It's quarantine. So I just fell into, like, a deep rabbit hole of research, YouTube videos, reading transcripts, um, reading policies and watching interviews. And someone who was very influential to me um, outside of you was Anna Paulina Luna. Mm -hmm. And she had this really good video about um, why like border enforcement and good immigration policies are not racist. Because that was the thing that really like bothered me was um, the kids in cages thing. Yeah. Like, you know, of course, no nobody wants to see children getting hurt and abused. Of course. Um, I think especially as a woman, like it kind of just, you know, we're more emotional, it affects you differently. And I remember seeing a specific video of a girl being interviewed, and I just started like bawling. I was like, this is horrible, like this man is evil. Um, and then it turns out that some of those images I saw were fabricated by a protest group that had cages with like little kids in them and were taking hmm. photos. Yeah. I was shook. It was, like, so the whole thing was staged. Yeah, it was staged. Yeah. I, I still can't believe it to this day that someone would go to that level and that, like, the media, who at the time I, I thought was, you know, credible and honest, would run with it so much. Yeah. Like, it was very hard to believe, and I fact-checked myself, like, so many different ways, and no, like, I found the groups, I found the people that were behind it. Um, I even saw, like, a picture of that same child outside of the cage, like, playing with other kids, you know, like, just being a part of the group there. Um, and then she got into, like, the human trafficking mm -hmm. that happens at the borders. And I was thinking, how can these people, like, pretend to advocate for children so much, like, the, on the Democratic side, and be completely silent about the child trafficking and the sex trafficking that's happening? Right. Because I had known that was a thing since, I'm not sure, like, when the pink crosses came out. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you remember that in Juarez. And they found all those women's bodies um, yeah. along the border of Mexico. Yeah. So I've known that was a thing. And the way she broke it down in that video, it just made sense. You know, the coyotes, bringing them over, you know, the, um, there was specifically an incident that happened at an egg farm, I think it was, mm -hmm. um, that these Guatemalan children were brought to this farm to, to work, but they were like abusing them and trafficking them. And it happened under the Obama administration. Like all these the kids in cages, like the trafficking, it all happened under Obama. Yeah. So I was like, well, why didn't we hear about it back then? And now it's happening under Biden again. and. The media is completely silent about it. All the activists are gone. Yeah, so the hypocrisy was really just what opened my eyes and made me realize that my my values were very conservative. 
Yeah, I think that um, you brought up a really good point with like the stage photos. I remember that under Trump, uh, Kevin Hart, I'll never forget this, mm. on Instagram, he posted a picture of children in cages. And it turned out that that photo was from the Obama era. Mm. And so somebody messaged, I'm sure it's how it worked out, but somebody messaged like, hey man, that's not Trump, that's Obama. You need to remove that photo. And he just deleted it. And he's never spoken up against wow. it before. But it's almost like these people are paid, man. You know, it's like, it's paid propaganda. And you're right, like growing up, I listened to a different guy. I, I listened, I did listen to like Rage Against the Machine. But one of the guys I listened to was Immortal Technique. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Okay, mm -hmm. so he was super like, again, especially against Republicans. Mm -hmm. um, he's like very like anti-colonization and, and all that stuff. And those are the, you know, he's Latino. So of course I felt like, hey, like this guy represents me. Right. Like he's, he's brown, he's an activist. He hates the government, I hate the government, you know? <laughs> but now these people are quiet, they're silent. And so, like, I remember that picture that Kevin Hart put up, it went so viral. Kevin, because the thing is, it's Kevin Hart. Like, right. he's never political, never. Like, I can't think of a time, really, that he really gets political. But it's like, it's like you said, under Trump, like, it awoke so many people up because we had no choice but to wake up. And like you said, it, it, people were forced inside. So what are you going to do? Yeah. I think that's going to be a great soundbite. It's going to be, <laughs> it's like the worst thing that Democrats yeah. did was shut down my business because they gave me time to yeah. research. That's, and, and a, a second thing is when, when I was doing, when I was uh, chairman for a GOP club out here in, in, in California, I remember Univision would invite me on, mm -hmm. onto the radio station down in, uh, by the 405 near the airport. They would have me on their studio and they would have me as like, you know, hey, the Republican conservative guy. And so I would come on and we talk about would sometimes debate with some of the hosts and stuff like that. And I remember that that is what got kicked me out of Univision was that wow. the, the woman that was anchoring the show, the radio show, we were talking about kids in cages. And so people were like calling in. And of course, here's this Republican guy the whole city hates me, you know? And so it's like, they're calling in, like, how dare you? Like, how can you be a vendido? How can you sell out to your people? How can you support Republicans, kids in cages? And so I brought up the fact, like you just did, that Obama was the one that created these cages right. and that there was children in them. And the, the anchor tried to correct me. She's like, that's a lie. I'm sorry, I'm gonna stop you right now. Wow. And in Spanish, she's like telling me this, like, eso es mentira, mentira. And I'm like, with all due respect, what are you talking about? This is 100% a fact. He's like, that's not why he created the cages. He created the cages so that we could detain the drug smugglers and the human traffickers. And I'm like, well, maybe that's what he intended it to be, but that's not the way it played out because right. there's plenty of pictures showing children in Obama's cages. And people don't, and you're absolutely right, people didn't really cover this back then, but Obama was known as the deporter in chief. I've heard of that now. Yes, absolutely. And nobody covered this. People would go out and protest and no one would cover this, just like with the lockdowns um, that happened in Los Angeles. I saw a lot of street vendors, people that sell mm -hmm. like ice cream on the streets, people that sell, when the government was telling everyone, go home, these people are like, um, what are you talking about? Yeah. Go home, I need to work. Like, right. this is all I have. I don't have safety nets with the government. Right. A lot of them, you know, are undocumented mm -hmm. that go out and sell hot dogs on the street or whatever it might be. There's no events, there's right. nothing going on. There's nothing, there's no events. Yeah. No one's allowed to go out. How are these people supposed to make money? So they had protests, large protests mm -hmm. in downtown Los Angeles protesting the city council and all these decisions to keep them locked down no one would no one would air yeah. them no one would talk about it i remember interviewing people with jorge ventura mm -hmm. and we sent these interviews to paula ramos who's mm -hmm. the daughter of jorge ramos and they're both like big time liberals yeah. i shared those images i'm like dude 
you were this huge activist under like under Trump. And now that like, you know, it's your people, you don't care. Right. You need to share this. You need to make this known. And she went dead silent. The moment Biden took office, she went dead silent on what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so just going back to that, the radio lady, she she got really upset. And so I got that soundbite and I posted it <laughs> on my social media and everyone came after her like oh, on her social. And I think that with her, I think what the problem was is that she was so used to just being non-confrontational right. and she's never met like an opposition of that magnitude where like, you know, on social media, I was relatively big back then. I'm a little bit bigger now. And so you had all these followers of mine, especially a lot of locals going to her page and you're like, you're a liar. You're this, you're that. Like this was a hundred percent Obama. And, and like, the, like they just called me and they're like, you're not, you're not to come back. Wow. You're banned. And I was just like, that's insane. I'm like, I can't believe I'm being shut down for speaking the truth. Like, I'm like, I can send you the articles if right. you wish, you know, they just didn't care. And so it's really interesting that you, you brought that up because it's, it's absolutely true. And, and, and like you said, now that it's worse than ever before, though, I mean, study after study, statistic after statistic, the border crisis is the worst it's ever been in recorded history. Recorded history. You have articles that say a third of children are lost. They have wow. no idea where these people are. I mean, I, I understand when people try to tell me like, well, there wouldn't be such a big need if you guys didn't, if you guys weren't like the number one consumers, you know, of like cheap labor for corporations or drug for your, for your citizens. And I'm like, look, bud, I don't own a corporation and I don't do drugs, you know, so yeah. I don't know why you're talking to me about this. But it's just so weird that it's gone like radio silent. I mean, dude, you remember like Eva Longoria was out there. Yeah. AOC was out there. Paula Ramos was out there. Jorge Ramos was at the White House putting on shows for people yeah. about the, the crimes that the Donald Trump administration was doing. I actually had a fundraiser <clears throat> for um, an immigration very far left. Like, um, oh, yeah, this group. I had, a, <laughs> I had a fundraiser for them and I spoke like I had like a whole thing. Like an event. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to seek that no. <laughs> video. It's on, it, it's on my Instagram. I haven't deleted anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. It's just, it's just interesting. So, so, okay. So they shut down where you were working. And like you said, the worst mistake they did. And then you started doing your own research. And then how did you decide, or what was like that moment? Like, aha, like, this is it. I'm changing. Like, I'm no longer playing for this team. I'm moving over to this team. What what was kind of like that moment for you? I think for me, it was more seeing what Democrats were doing, mm -hmm. you know, like um, shutting down the businesses. And then the vaccine mandates was huge for me because I've always, like for the last 10 years, I've been more into like holistic health. Big mm -hmm. Pharma is another thing that's always been a part of like the libertarian side and like the anti-government. Like Big Pharma is like, like the big villain in all the stories, right? Well, you know what's interesting is that I still remember like Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, I was remember there. like before like I went Occupy to the Democrats. One in, um, Los Angeles. So I I, I just I, I feel so weird because there was a point in time where the left, and that's why I also kind of I never yeah. voted or partook in it because mm. the whole time you were probably doing activism. I was in the military at the time, mm. and we're not allowed to do any activism at all. I didn't know that. You know, and so because we're federal employees right. and you know and stuff like that, and so. 
What was interesting is I kept track of it though. And I remember when Occupy Wall Street started, again, I would like jam out to Immortal Technique and the big banks and other stuff. And I was like, yes, like Occupy Wall Street. Finally, we're fighting back against the banks, big pharma. And then now it's like a whole different yeah. story. It's like we're shilling for pharma now. You know, yeah. it's, it's insane. And at the but, time I was vegan too, like back mm. in 2020. So I was very like, you know, I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to do that. And then I knew the vaccine mandates were coming. And I just saw like these people are big brother, like in every single sense of the way, yeah. you know, like. And then finding out about all the bills trying to take away parental rights was another mm. big thing too because I really want to have kids. And to see them, like, trying to just basically be the parent in, like, the relationship, you know, and make it seem like the parent is bad and the government knows better. Like, that's something that I've always, like, known was coming, you know. So I'm like, this is this is that group. Yeah. And I, that was it for me. Like, just seeing, like, I think it was more of how, how um, like, tyrannical they were becoming. And yeah. then also, too, like, my family, we've always been into like the second amendment you know my dad's big on guns um and then like researching their their thoughts on like gun policy and stuff like that too i was like no this is big brother like this is all all the books are written about like maybe not every single democrat but this is the way it's going to come in through this progressive movement that's coming like this is how they're going to usher it in and i think that like it's interesting because obviously it's different everywhere right different states probably people tuning in from other states are like oh that's not how it is here but in California, that's exactly like we're talking from experience. Oh yeah, we're talking like Gavin Newsom implemented this. Gavin Newsom shut everything down. Cities obeyed. Left his businesses open. Yeah, like you know? oh yes, exactly. That's like that's and like it's, the he's the villain in the book. He's the villain you know, in the book. He's the elite guy that's like sitting on his mansion, like you know, surrounded in gold, and being like ha ha like peasants. You know? like, <laughs> that's just how I see him. And then when I saw, like, and I went to those rallies, they had drawings, like, of him, like, with the crown on and looking all psychotic. And I was like, it's hard not to see him that way. Yeah. You know? I, I think that the shutting down the businesses and the churches were his oh, biggest huge. mistake. And I think that that's awakened so many people because, especially knowing what we know now with, I, I don't want to delve too much into, like, all the mandates and stuff like that. But I know that that, that did play a huge, huge role with his recall. Um, I know that that's going to play a huge role this upcoming election. Mm-hmm. I think that you'll probably see it more like at the local level than mm-hmm. more than anything because people are also starting to realize that your local elections matter sometimes most. I think than, more than anything. More than anything. Yeah. Because, you know, I live in a pretty safe and red city. Mm-hmm. And we opened up before, you know, and we're in L.A. County. And, yeah. and like, but, like, a lot of it is pretty red. And so we opened up our schools before LAUSD did. We went back like no mass like there was a lot of things that mm-hmm. were implemented that you would only really see like in red states right, yeah. you know but again and i told people all this time like local elections also have consequences and there was a lot of counties right like where you have like sheriff bianco over mm-hmm. at riverside you had sheriff Villanueva in la county they're like we're not going to enforce this this is crazy yeah. you know and so those those local elections matter you know and i you know Right now, what they're doing with Sheriff Villanueva, I think it's it's insane, yeah. as as well. But um, so when you made this transition, was it hard for you to accept that you were now a racist white supremacist? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I feel like I'm very like um, fluid, like in like changing it up. You know, I feel like growing is a part of life, and you should constantly be trying to like work on yourself and like better yourself. You know, so it just felt like a natural part of like my learning and my maturity being like, okay, like now I've done the research and, 
um, now I can have like a good reason as to why I'm in this party versus that one. So personally, um, it didn't feel like, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't a huge deal to me. I was excited about it. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, all right, cool. Now I can take all this information to my people and like my friends and family. Um, didn't go as smoothly as I thought, you know. It's kind of like <laughs> Moses coming down with the Ten Commandments. He's like, my people, I've got the word of God. And they're all like sinning. He's like, yeah, I'm going to break it now. I felt like more like the song of music, you know, like I'm in the flower fields. Like I've been set free. And like I have all this great information for you guys. And yeah. then it was like burner, you know. <laughs> but um, no, I felt like I was excited about it. And I always get excited like when I feel like I have good um, information to spread the people that don't, you know, that can benefit them in a positive way. So I was, I was excited about it. How did your friends and family react to this sudden change yeah. of being a, a nice brown Democrat <laughs> to a now white supremacist Republican? Um, to a far right Latina. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, my family, I'm super blessed to have my family because they're very supportive, you know. Um, are they all pretty much like Republican or um, I don't I'm not sure if they're all Republican but they're all conservative for sure especially because I I think the heart of the conservative movement is keeping the family together and like respecting that we're always going to put each other first culture tradition very values, conservative yeah. in that way yeah um, so with my family it wasn't really a big deal I think outside maybe there was like some disagreements but um, as far as like, you know, I, my mom and dad and my brother, it was not really like a big deal. Um, it was like, my dad voted for Trump always, so it wasn't a big deal for him at all. Um, but on, online, I already had like 20,000 followers at the time for being a fitness influencer. So the pushback online was huge, huge. Mm. Yeah. They didn't take too kind. No. There's um, no radical path that you had taken. Yeah, like, I kind of, I feel like I've always kind of been, like, controversial, like, in some of my statements, even, like, because telling people something that they're uncomfortable with, like, you have to, I think, be ready for a certain amount of, like, pushback, you know, like, before that, it was telling people, like, no excuses, you have to work out, like, I don't want to hear it, and then it right. was, like, just kind of, like, changing it. Um, there were a lot of people that were, like, oh, you're betraying your race, and I'm sure you've heard it all, too, like. Oh, yeah, I get it all the time. And, like, all that stuff, you know, but. I had done so much research that I didn't care. And I was right. like, if you want to talk to me about it, I guarantee you, like, maybe we're not going to agree, but you'll see where I'm coming from, you know? But I could tell immediately when someone wants to have a discussion and when someone just wants to be disrespectful. Oh, yeah. You know? It, like, it, when it, they're trolling, basically. Right. And and that's something that I had to learn because, like, 2018, 2019 were, like, big years for me, like, especially, like, in social media growth as the conservative Latino. And I would just be... I felt like I needed to beat everyone in a debate, you know? <laughs> and then I, wars. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, to me, it, I had to learn that. I'm like, yeah. there's people that are literally just here to make your life miserable and hate you just because of what you stand for. Right. And there are people that genuinely want to learn. And you need mm -hmm. to be able to make that distinction and see if people are worth that time. Right. But I think uh, maybe you can agree with this and maybe you can maybe go into this a little bit. But I think that the difference, at, le at least with some Republicans, right, like, you and I are conservative and, you know, I consider myself an activist, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure you probably to some extent consider yourself a, a, a political activist because you want, I've always said I'm not an influencer per se because I want activism. I want right. to create political change in my immediate community for, for the better, whatever that looks like, you know. And so I think that, and what I'm getting to is I'm not one of those like people that 
I will die for my party. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm able to look at people and like, you messed up and you're messing up or you don't have a platform to run on, so you need to do better. Mm-hmm. So for like example, when Roe v. Wade got overturned and a lot of people were celebrating, I was celebrating, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm unapologetically anti-abortion. Same. And I thought that the response was good with the lawmaking, but I feel like we could do more especially as Christians. And and unfortunately, the only response that I really saw that fulfilled what I was looking for was Tim Cast or Tim Pool, mm-hmm. uh, the podcaster. I'm not sure if you listen yeah. to him or not, but he's he doesn't really, I don't know if he believes in God. You know, he, I don't think he professes his faith that much. I've, I've listened to him for over a year now. I don't think he really comes out and says like, oh, I'm a God-fearing Christian, you know, and this is not. I think he said that he grew up like with some faith, but he doesn't really know where he stands. Okay. I think, and I'm it's sorry. More yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And so, but what he did was, because a lot of companies started announcing that, hey, if you're in a state where you cannot get an abortion, we will fly you out to a state that can and we will pay for everything. And so I said, well, gosh, that's horrible, you know? But also, I was like, well, where are the Christian companies and what are they doing? And Tim Cass was the only one that said, at my company, we will not fly you out to get an abortion. What we will do is we're going to provide health care. We're going to get you maternity leave and paternity leave. And you guys take as long as you need to and come back when you're ready. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's amazing. Why isn't any like where is all the Christian companies, Christian owned companies doing this? Like it's not enough to just be like, no, like and, and this is like my biggest beef with like the Republican Party because uh, I struggle and I mm-hmm. people always tell me like oh you're just like this big Republican I'm like dude if only you knew I hate Republicans more than Democrats <laughs> because sometimes I feel I'm like like the Democrat Party has gone so far left and so radical they're pushing so many people toward the Republican Party but then the Republican Party has no solutions they're just a party of no they're just like abortion rights or abortion yeah abortion rights no. Um, higher wages? No. Um, this or that? No. It's like, okay, we hear you, Republican Party. You want nothing to do with this, but what are your solutions, though? Right. Where is it? Because it's not just enough to be like, well, then we don't want that. I'm like, okay, I agree. But the reality is, is that there's a lot of people between far left and far right. And there's a lot of voters and potential voters and new voters. So what are you offering them? Mm-hmm. And and, and so when people come and try to talk to me, it's like I'm able to be critical of the Republican Party because, I, I again, I'm not going to put on this hat and be like, I'm dying for this because then I feel like you're no better than anyone else because right. you're not willing to die for your morals and values. You're willing to die for someone else's political end. And so if they know that they have that, if these political parties know that they have undying loyalty, vote blue no matter who, right, right then they don't ever have to try. They don't yeah. have to do anything because they know that they have your undying loyalty. And I don't want that. I want, I want both of them fighting with good policies mm-hmm. for your vote, regardless of where you right. stand. Yeah. You know, I don't know. What, what do you you kind of agree with that or? Well, I think criticism is an important part of like growth, you know, like even as yourself, like, you know, you we want to seek out mentors that are going to challenge you and help you be a better person. So I don't think criticism is ever a bad idea if it's coming from, like, I'm trying to help 
you because I want to make this better for both of us, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's very important and they need to hear those voices, you know? Um, I guess where I struggle is like, because I don't know the solutions, I, I, I don't want to criticize until I can offer something as well, you know? Because mm-hmm. I'm a, if I'm just criticizing you but I can't give you something, that's where I struggle. That's why I love to do research. Um, and I always, you know, I'm asking you like random questions like, hey, Anthony, like, you know, <laughs> what, what is the Republican Party doing about this? Like, how can they do it better? And then I'll try to make a video on it. Um, like for me right now, the thing is the, um, I'm not sure if you saw the LA Times article on the renter like wage gap, like how much money you need to make to afford a one bedroom apartment. Oh yeah, I've seen like multiple break like here in yeah, California. It's you insane. Mean? It's yeah. like seventy two thousand a year to be able to yeah. afford a one bedroom in Los Angeles. So that's something that I know is like regardless of what party you're in, everybody cares about that. Mm-hmm. So that's something I wanna know like what political solutions can the Republican Party offer there that I can take to my people and be like, look, this is a practical thing that we need to solve. Like what are what are the solutions, you know? So that I'll kind of go into like a research phase first. That's where I'm on now. Like I reached out to Phil from California Underground. I'm like, what's what's going on here? Like, why is this an issue? Like, what can we do to change it? Um, and what candidates are offering solutions? And from what right. I understand, the Republican Party is supposed to be the one that is um, like helping to fix that, right? Right. Because from what I understand so far, and I'm very little educated <laughs> on this, is that there's too much government involved in like creating new housing like there's too many regulations and um like that's stopping them from creating new housing and apartments and stuff like that so i'm like okay i understand that because that sounds very democrat right like Uh having over regulation and having too much government involved and you're not letting the free market just do its thing right so that makes sense to me and i'm like okay so how does the republican party come in and stop that you know, like, I want to know, like, what bill are you writing? Or, like, what, what can we do here? Like, who can we pressure? Right. So I, I do think that that criticism is, is super important, especially because this is our whole thing, right, is getting the community active. So if you're not giving me something to give the community, like, then what's the point? You know, I'm not going to just do it because I'll, I'll, I would never do, like, tell someone, do something just because I'm telling you to. Like, I'm, right. I want to break it down for them and be like, okay, you should vote for this person because they're going to help you solve this and that, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, no, I think we definitely need to criticize the party and, and ask for more and then be able to deliver that. And so when I was talking about how, like, the, the Democrat Party has gone so far insane that that they're pushing people to the Republican Party, you know, poll after poll shows that more Hispanics and Latinos are flocking to the Republican Party. And I think you touched on this earlier where it's like, our values and our morals are already naturally conservative, you know, because I, I mean, maybe you can kind of fill me in a little bit here, but I, I listen, I, I listen to both sides. I always like try to try to see what like leftists and people on the right are fighting for, because I think everything is worth fighting for. Uh, and if you're passionate about it, and if this is really your cause, I can respect that. I, and I tell people all the time, like, I don't agree with Black Lives Matter and what they stood for and what they were doing and how it all ended up. And now you've got like investigations about how the leaders were money. stealing money and buying mansions and all this stuff. And, and you know, but I can appreciate that these people showed up, man. These people showed up in numbers. I, I mean, the only other time I've seen numbers that big we're at the Trump rallies, at the Stop the Seal mm-hmm. rallies in D.C. That's the only other time that I've seen. And that's why I think that people, they want to dismiss Trump. But I'm like, dude, 
you have no idea. I've never seen a person, a leader, be able to mass rally that many people outside of leftist organizations. Like I remember Bernie Sanders had like a rally at a park in New York and he got 25,000 people to show up off of like a tweet. Like, yo, meet me at Tio, yeah, Tio, what is it, Tio Berto? Yeah. Yeah, Tio Berto, it's like, yo, he just tweeted like, yo, meet me in the park at like 12. Yeah, like, yo, bring the drinks. And like 25,000 people, I'll never forget that picture. And I'll never forget the pictures. I mean, I was there for Black Lives Matter. And people were trying to tell me like, oh, these guys are all paid operatives or they're all getting paid or these people don't work. And I would interview people and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a college professor. Oh, I'm a science teacher. I'm an elementary teacher. Oh, I'm a healthcare worker. Oh, I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, dude, we have all walks of life here, mm-hmm. all walks of life, because they really believe in this. We don't have to agree with their ideology. You know, Black Lives Matter went as far as like, saying that they were avowed Marxists, which Marxism, communism is strictly anti-Christian, which is what I am first, most foremost, you know, is, is a Christian man. And they also went as far as putting on the website that they're here to disrupt the, the nuclear family. You know, wow. like we're here to oh, destroy the family. Yeah, yeah we're here to destroy the family, you know? And so they were basically everything Christianity, st- against everything that right. Christianity stood against. So I never agree with them. But I can appreciate that they would come out and fight for what they believe in. It didn't matter if it was raining. It didn't matter how hot it was. It didn't matter how early it was. These people show up yeah. in numbers that I never see on the political right. And like I said, the only person that I have seen that is able to draw those numbers that come remotely close is Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And that's why I laugh when people are like, oh, you know, this guy doesn't represent many people anymore. And, oh, he's gone. Like, we need to move on. And I'm like, bro. No one else is able to pull these numbers. Right. There's no Republican leader out there that people would rally this much behind, you know? And I think that that's why the left is really scared of them because they know that. Yeah. They're like, dude, we can't get these people back. It's like, a movement. It's a whole movement, yeah. the Make America Great movement. And that's why when you bash MAGA Republicans, Mr. President Biden, you know, you're dealing with the wrong people. Right. These are some of like the most loyal blue-collared workers, these are Latinos, these are black people, these are these are Asians, these are everyone, you know? And so, you you know, going back to the original comment that I had made was you see a lot of Hispanics and Latinos, and I think it's because of that, because we have conservative values. Yeah. And my question was, you have a lot of leftists that want, they, they want to conserve who they are. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of, like, Chicano... Oh, you yeah. know, movements, stuff like that. Like they're like, sense. we don't, yeah, like La Raza, all this stuff. And they're like, we need to conserve who we are. And again, I might not agree that they want to undo colonialism and they want to undo Christianity because that's what, that's what they aim for. They're like, we don't want Christianity. This is a fake white God that you imposed on us. We want to go back to our uh, sacrificing people on I top know. of temple that's, gods, that's you know? Yeah, oh yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole thing. Yeah. And But again, it's like, but if you're a conservative, though, and you're aiming to conserve, why are you siding with progressives that seek to destroy everything yes, of, ide- of your identity? And so, I mean, why do you think that that, that is, that Hispanics and Latinos are moving more to like, the Republican Party? Um, I think it just goes back to, like, our values, you know? Like, one of the biggest things for us is um, individuality and freedom, you know? And I feel like the Democrats, they just want everybody to be like the same and have the same job and like even this new like $22 thing for um, fast food workers you know like I know a lot of Hispanic people that own restaurants right so I was talking to someone 
and they told me they were struggling to get employees because they can't compete with McDonald's that's going to pay their employees $22 an hour. You know, and a lot of us are entrepreneurs or we want to be entrepreneurs. We want to be um, independent of the government and just, you know, create this this thing that we can pass down to our families. You know, you can't mm. pass down a job at McDonald's to your family. So I think seeing that and seeing like how it's coming after the the small businesses is really big. You know, even the IRS stuff, like they the, the Democrats make it seem like they're coming after corporations, right? And it's like, actually, no, we're going to be tracking your Venmo. Yeah. So I think it's like things like that, like the way that they're pitching their, their ideology, their policies aren't aligning it. And people are seeing that. Like they may, they may pretend to be what you stand for, but now that we have social media and, you know, all these other great channels, people can go look into like what's actually being done there and see that's completely contradictory. So mm. I think that's what's pushing people a lot too. Um, also, I don't have kids yet, but I know a lot of things for the Hispanics is like the division with, with the children. Like there's parents that were very bothered by Scott Weiner's bill to allow children to get medical procedures without parental consent. Yeah. I mean, like why why would any parent be okay with that? You know, um, the and it's the fact that like Scott Weiner doesn't have kids. Like this is what bothers me the most. This is what bothers me the most is that people that don't have kids get elected into positions that affect kids like i mean yeah. there's nothing there's nothing wrong obviously there's a lot of people that can't have kids you know and i know that he's part of that community that mm. you know he's oh, choosing right. not yeah. to you know um but and it's nothing against that it's just the fact that why are you coming after children so hard and, and i see like libs of tiktok on like uh twitter you know and like and instagram she's posting like all these videos of people that are part of communities that don't want anything to do with kids yeah. And, and they're just coming after children the hardest. Yeah. And, uh, and these are like teachers. Like right. I, I was watching like teachers like in kindergarten or preschool, like, oh, I can't wait to like come out to my kindergartners or I can't wait to talk to about like gender pronouns or um, Project Veritas. I don't know if you've like yes, watched their stuff. They're so good. They just had like a vice principal of like a New York school, I think, that like said we don't hire conservatives and the way we are able to manipulate these kids into thinking into like our radical ideology is we will talk about like oh you know like uh, you can be a mermaid and then the boys will be like oh but a mermaid are like for females and like and that's how we start like the gender thing like oh no like anyone can be a mermaid and but he says that like these are tactics that we use right. to subvert these children and also i purposefully don't hire conservatives because they're against this agenda yeah. like that is so radical to listen me to james Lindsay? James Lindsay, I don't think I do. So no. he, he has this amazing podcast on like why that's happening. And basically he says that the, the they're using a playbook from communism. Exactly. Yeah. And to disrupt the family, Correct. there has to be some kind of trauma involved with the child most times. Like something has to happen to disrupt that bond. Right. And one of the easiest ways to do that is through sexual trauma. And he says that that's why you see a merger of like pedophilia and like acceptance from the progressives. I'm sure you're familiar with maps. Yeah. Um, Did you see that video out in yeah. Texas? Like it was so like for the people that might not know, the video was basically like a, it was like a South Texas high school, I think. And there was a kid recording and the teacher was getting upset that they were calling people that are attracted to minors pedophiles mm -hmm. or groomers. And so, or both, and she was saying like, stop calling them that. Like, you can't blame people for being attracted to children. 
and the students were like, are you freaking kidding me? Or like being attracted sexually. She's like, stop calling them pedophiles. You're gonna call them maps, minor attracted uh, people. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, this is insane. Yeah, so he says like, you know, of, of course a parent's gonna be like, no, that's not okay. But then you've put it in this child's head that, you know, you're showing them certain content and images and telling them that's okay. And then they start to feel like the parent is quote unquote an oppressor. Right. And that's where that whole system of the oppressed versus like the non-oppressed comes in and they say that another part of the reason is because as long as the parent is able to pass on the values that we have to the next generation that they can't bring in this new wave of progressivism or communism whatever they want to call it so they have to break that bond of us being able to pass on our values to the next generation right so when i see this thing happening to the kids i'm like yeah they have to go through the kids because we're already solidified in our values Right? Like, I know where I stand. No one's going to change my values. But a child is so moldable and impressionable that it has to be the kids. Right. So when I see them going after the kids, I'm like, yeah, because they're the easy target. Like, they're still, they're still deciding what those values are. Right. You know, and if it's not the parents giving to them and it's someone else that has, like, a certain agenda, then you're able to possibly, you know, get them to change their values outside of their parents. And it's interesting that, so, going, like, going back a little bit, I just want to clarify when I was talking about Rasa and these are, like, the... Like, it's not, I'm not saying like all of them, but the people that I've talked to online, they're like, we just want this anti-colonialism. We don't want your religion. We want like our gods. And I'm like, wait, like those gods that you guys used to worship? Like, and like that's our thing or whatever. But it's like these people that just want to fight for like no reason, you know? But mm-hmm. um, going back to what you were talking about with, with the impressionable. So you guys, you said the, the guy's podcast is what again? His name is James Lindsay. James Lindsay. So what's interesting is I, I study a lot about communism because... Um, and I talked about this often. I actually have a Spanish podcast on it on my YouTube about Dr. Bella Dodd, who is this communist defector. So she w- she used she was an immigrant back like in the early 1900s. I don't remember exactly where she was from. It might have been like Italy or something like that, or Romania. But she came to the U.S. and she was a huge communist agent. She she used to be for the Communist Party of America, the CPA, I think it was called. And she was she was spearheading like the New York. Uh, chapter at the time when she was a communist leader and she said that the greatest threat to communism was basically Christianity she said the Catholic Church and she said Christians are our biggest threat no nothing else not Hinduism not Islam not nothing 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 outside of the Catholic Church is the greatest threat to communism and that's because of our values, because right. of the tradition, because of the things that we believe in and, and how we have inalienable rights from God and that we should never just allow the government to do whatever they want, you know, or, or, or allow government to become our new God or allow science to dictate, uh, yeah, like a false idolatry, basically. And so she was talking about how she herself put 1,100 communist agents into the highest ranking positions of the Catholic Church here wow. in America. And the purpose of it was to subvert. She said the purpose of putting these communist agents is so that we can kind of have like a Catholicism light. Mm -hmm. It's a Catholicism that moves away from the original values and morals. And we are able to manipulate it. We are able to subvert it. And we want the church to feel, we want them to feel shameful. We want Christians to Mm -hmm. feel ashamed of, of feeling like as traditionalists and as Christians obeying God's word and not giving in to what the secular world wants. And so, I mean, it's insane when you read, and there's a really good church um, by Dr. Taylor Marshall. Um, He's actually like a disaffected, like Protestant. He used to be Protestant, and then he went over to Catholicism. Mm -hmm. 
And he wrote a really good book. It's called Infiltration. And it talks about that. It talks about how communists have been infiltrating the church since like the late 1800s. I mean, it's been decades and decades and decades of infiltration into America's institutions and including the church itself. And it's interesting because when you look at what the communists wanted to achieve, like you said, disruption of the family, making sure that the nuclear family is like a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. We want no nuclear families. We, We cannot have anything that has to do with tradition with what God wants, what right. God designed, we want to do away with. They have to. They have to do away to with. Succeed, yeah. And so if they're not able to have children, they need to be able to influence other people's children. Mm-hmm. And how are they going to be able to do that? They're going to be able to do it through church, and they're going to be able to do it through schooling. Yeah. And that's what's insane is they infiltrated schools. And I mean, now, I, how many videos have you seen from Project Veritas of like, vice principals, principals, right. all these people that say like, we are here to train the next generation of yeah. communist militants. This is our goal. Our goal is to teach your children how to hate you, how to hate God, and be more like us, to accept this as normal. And that's why they have to appoint themselves to these positions because they're positions of influence. And that's why parents are so powerful right now. Like, we saw what happened with Virginia. Yeah. Like, I've seen people say that that was all moms. It was just all angry moms that were like, no, (laughs) we are showing up. Angry moms. Yeah, like, they're because that's... When you tell parents... These people are coming after your children. Yeah. That should be enough. Yeah. You know, like, if, I feel like if I was a small child, like, at this time, like, m- the way my parents are, especially my dad, like, there's no way. Like, he would have been at every school board meeting and, you know. Yeah. Maybe not as peaceful, but <laughs> <laughs> mostly peaceful, I guess. Mostly peaceful. Um, Fire yeah, like mostly the, peaceful. The parents are such a good um, weapon right now. Like, I feel like they're, they're the biggest force against what's trying to come in. And that's why this administration is trying so hard to label parents as like oh, radicals yes, and right. yeah. domestic Extre- terrorists. They use extremists for everything. Yeah, everyone is extreme. Anyone yeah. right of communism is an extremist, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know? Like, oh, you're a classic liberal? Uh, yeah. You're an extremist, you know? Christian, uh, yeah. yeah, oh, Christians, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, so have you ever thought, I know we're talking about like all the things that have been wrong, the things that we could do better, why the Hispanics are moving over to like the Republican Party. Have you ever thought we both live in California, and I get this question all this time, mm-hmm. and I think I think about it almost daily. Have you ever <laughs> thought about leaving California? I have, yeah, I have for sure. Um, I have, and you know what's weird? Lately, I feel like I've been getting a lot of affirmations from God to stay in California. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to a women's um, ministry night, and she was praying over us, and she said, you know, um, God, help these women be obedient to stay where you called them to be oh and i was like why did she say that like (laughs) you know like it like it hit me like so hard it was weird um and then i think that was like a wednesday and then i went to church and they brought up philippians 2 15 which said you are to shine bright as a light right and in a perverse nation a crooked Mm -hmm. and perverse nation and i just feel like there's been a lot of um signs from god to like this is where i've called you to be maybe not not forever you know like who knows what's going to happen but um i don't feel like i need to like i'm not in a in an anxious place to leave california right um you know i know god is with us through all this and he's using us in a great way right now so i i do think about it um but i do feel like at this time that this is where he's called me to be i definitely feel the same way i people tell me all the time like bro how can you stay in california why are you still there 
there's a lot of greatness in California. I was actually talking about this earlier with like a my Telegram group, and I was talking about how uh, California has actually some of the safest cities in the entire nation. Mm. Um, my city is the third safest city for its population in that's the entire great. nation. I'm like, man, that's actually really good. <laughs> yeah. we, we really almost never hear about crime out there. And, and again, this is still L.A. County, you know, but I feel like everyone just has like this depiction of California where it's like, the moment you cross over to California <laughs> sign, there's homeless encampments everywhere and yeah. drug, dr- just drug addicts everywhere. And parts of it are like... There are that, definitely yeah. parts of it. And it's definitely, I think, hyper-located to like the cities, you know, yeah. especially like Los Angeles and like Venice Beach and stuff like that. But there's a lot of greatness in California, a lot. Like we went to vacation for a week in California and you would just not think that like the Great Lakes out here... Are you in California? Yeah. You're like, dude, this is not California. Like, California is beautiful. California is very beautiful. Yeah. And to me, you know, I, I agree with you. I think God has called me to fight for now. I, you know, my role might be to inspire tomorrow's leaders. Right. And then those leaders take care of, of what the future of California looks like. And then I might leave, you know. But it's like you said, I have a very heavy conviction right now. It's like, dude, Same. you have political influence. There's people listening to what yeah. you have to say. There might be a lot of people that need to hear it from you that yeah. California is still worth fighting for. And to me, it's like every like we shouldn't be ceding an inch of this country to, to evil. Right. And to me, I feel I just feel so convicted, so, so convicted when like I, I look at all these leaders in the Bible and like how God calls them like you're going to go to this place and you're going to preach the gospel. And these people are like, um, the lion's den. they're going to kill me over yeah. there, God. Like, are you sure you want me to go? He's like, that's where I need you the most. And the thing is, like, I don't think myself, like, as a great leader. Like, you know, you know how it is. Like, people tell you things and you're like, oh, thank you so much. But you don't see it. You don't see what they see, you know, because yeah. there's, like, that weird, like, barrier of, like, where they, they put you at, but then you see yourself as, like, a normal human being. And like, you feel like you could always be doing more, right? You always yeah. feel, I always feel like Me I'm not too. doing enough. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm, soy, soy pedazo de, de basura. <laughs> like, I, I could be doing way more. And so the thing with me, though, is I ask God, I don't, I don't want to be like Abraham. I don't want to be like Moses. I don't want to be remembered as, like, a great. I just want to have their faith, though. I want that when you talk to me, I listen. And I want to have that faith. I want to have the faith. Like, can you imagine like leading people and you come across like this, the, the Red Sea, right? Like Moses and the Israelites. <laughs> and, and you're just like, all right, God, like here I am. Like do something. These people don't know how to swim. You know, like they're, they've all been slaves. And he's like, just lift your rod, man, and I'll depart this, I'll, you know, uh, the seas. Uh, he must have been like, bro, you are crazy. Like, you are crazy if you think that these waters are about. But, like, that's how I feel every day yeah. in California. I'm like, God, you are crazy if you think that. Yeah. But I'm just like, no, that's blasphemy. That's 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 having no faith, you know. Right. And, and everyone's story is different, right? Everyone, There are people that I've met through the pandemic that, like, like a firefighter, that, like, his wife got fired because she was in the medical field. And now he got fired because of the mandates. Jeez. And it's like, well, duh, of course you're going to have to leave because if you can't work in the state yeah. of California, how else are you supposed to provide? Right. But I also feel like God has blessed me. And not saying that he doesn't, he blesses some more than others, not, you know, but what I'm saying is I feel like my calling is different. Yeah. And I feel like this is where I'm meant to be right now. Yeah. And I'm meant to fight, you yeah, know. I and, feel like it's not up to us to interpret other you know, God's will in other people's lives. And I mean, one of my favorite parts of scripture is when they say that 
Jesus came to make himself of no reputation. Right. You know, like how you said, like you're not here to like be a big name and like right, be yeah. this person, but just to continue in prayer and have that submissiveness to his will. Yeah. You know? Especially like in women's studies, we, we read a lot about submission and it's, it's, it is very difficult, you know, and it's, yeah. it's difficult when we don't get a lot of wins. You know, we really don't. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't get a lot of wins. And, but, and the thing is, is like, so the way I think of it is like, okay, God, what are the reasons why I would move? You right. know, and a lot of it would be because it's easier. It's easier to just move somewhere where everything's already been won for yeah. you, you know, or, or it's easier for somewhere. And again, everyone's story is different. But for me right now, I'm a homeowner. Both of my cars are paid off. You know, I have a five-bedroom house, thanks yeah. to God, you know, and, and the hard work that I've done. Um, and, and my wife as well. So I have everything I need. It's right. not like I'm like, oh, I'm still renting an apartment. Houses are unaffordable. This is not. I don't have some of the circumstances other people might mm -hmm. be in. And I understand that. But if, again, if I were to move, it's like I'm escaping things that I are not my reality. Oh, but the homelessness. I don't live with the homelessness. Yeah. Oh, but the drug addicts. I don't live around the drug addicts. You know, like, like I said, there are still pockets of California. Oh, but the taxes. I mean... Sure, the taxes, you know what I mean? But I'm not, I just don't feel like I was born to live low taxes all my life. You know, like, <laughs> that's not why God's like, hey, Anthony, you're paying too many taxes in California, man. I got a sweet spot out here where you're not going to, like, to me, it's yeah. like, if I can afford it, you know what I mean? Like, sure, it sucks. But I, I just think about, like, the persecuted Christians around the world. And I'm like, there's people still in, like, communist China oh, yeah. that they know that We're just for being Christian, that yeah oh yeah we got it good here like if if you're complaining about gas prices like you got it good compared to like persecuted christians right. you know what i'm yeah. saying and so to, to people are like oh yeah i pay half of gas that you do my friend i'm like yeah but i also drive a prius that's paid off <laughs> my insurance is low because i have a prius yeah. and i don't drive that much you know i drive maybe once or twice a week pretty far away and I'm able to work remotely. And again, I call these things a blessing, but I've also worked hard to get to where I'm at, right. you know? And so people just think like, oh, must be nice. I'm like, no, you gotta work hard, man. But that's the goal, right? Is to work to that. But mm -hmm. going back to that is, um, you know, God calls people. And I think that sometimes we just need to sit and assess and, and, and ask ourselves, right. like, is this what God is really wanting me to do? Am I really supposed to sell my one-story house and go buy a three-story one? You know what I mean? Like, and have two boats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just sometimes we got to put things in perspective and be like, is it worth fighting for? Yeah. You know? And and so what are your long-term goals politically? When are we going to see Congresswoman Manuela, Karina Manuela? Definitely never. And <laughs> the, re the reason is behind that because I don't like politics. You know what I mean? I'm not an office kind of girl. Mm -hmm. um, I did. I worked in an office for a very long time. And, you know, I, I'm a dance fitness instructor. I literally dance for a living. You know, like Zumba, if you guys are not, like, I'm sure people know Zumba better, right? Versus <laughs> dance fitness. So that's my world. You know, like, that's, that's what I want to do as a living. I don't want to be in an office reading and writing bills. Um, and that's why I'm so thankful for the people that run for office and are in the office now. You know, I feel like sometimes um, activists don't give them enough um, credit mm -hmm. for what they're doing, you know, because it's, I just, uh, maybe it's a personality thing, but it doesn't look like a fun job to me, <laughs> you know, like to be. Well, you can be like AOC. You can day. dance also. <laughs> she dances. <laughs> no, I like, you know, like she's always crying. There's a reason for that. <laughs> you know? um, no, I, I have no interest in like actually 
being in politics, you know? Like I'll, right. I, I'll show up and door knock for you and do all that stuff, love it. You know, I'm a people person, um, but I don't want to be, like, in politics. Everyone has a role. Yeah. And it, it just goes back to that. People tell me all the time, people have been asking me since 2018, like, bro, please <laughs> run. Yeah, please run for something. I love your convictions. I like how you fight. But again, like, there's so many layers to getting people. There's so many roles to helping good people get elected. And not and they're not always good people, don't get me wrong. And there's good people on both sides, yeah. I'm sure, you know. But the reality is, is you need those activists. You need those influencers. You need people with large platforms. You need people with money. You need fundraisers. You need people yeah. of all aspects. And I think that what's missing right now is the information side. And that's why we got this podcast. And Absolutely. that's why I'm trying to do like with Inform with Anthony. I went live yesterday and I told people, I'm like, what I want to be is have a platform because it kind of sucks when Californians have to go out of state to be recognized. Like, mm-hmm. for example, Joe Rogan is out in Texas. Oh, yeah. So people have to like fly from California to Joe, to Joe Rogan's podcast so people know what's going on in California. I'm like, that kind of sucks because yeah. the corruption of the media here is so bad. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about the things that you care about. And the, the mistrust in the media has probably been the record low that people just don't tune into media, even if it's good anymore. So the media might be talking about something, but people don't want to tune in anymore because they don't trust it anymore. They don't know what to believe. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes the media will cover what the problem is, but they won't tell you why the problem is Mm -hmm. there. Like, oh, we have a drought in California. But they won't tell you why there's like a drought in California. They cover all the crime stories 24-7, but right. they never talk about the policies, the policies. The behind it. Exactly. And so to me, you know, I thought about running for sure. Mm-hmm. And maybe just even like starting local, you know, like, like state assembly, school board, something. <laughs> but I just feel right now, like we were talking about, I feel God is convicting me. Like, I need you to, ha- I need you to build a platform that you're going to be able to highlight all the things that are wrong with California and and through information and through truth, not biased truth, not misinformation, not we all need to be, vote Republican. No, no, no. That's not about that. It's like yeah. John 8, 32 and, the, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Right. And I really believe that. I believe that if you just tell people the truth, they will be smart and wise enough to wake up to this yeah. political game that's being yeah. played on them and they will vote their values and their morals, and they'll know why things are really messed up, especially here in California. And so that's another thing too. Like I don't know if, I mean, I don't, I think, but people are constantly telling me that the California Republican is different, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like is California even ready for a candidate like you or me? Like right. you know, we're far right Latinos. We're not. <laughs> we're not going to compromise on anything. No, yeah. And I always, I'm always hearing that Republicans have to like be more centered in California. Right. And that bothers me a lot because I can, I can never be that person, you know. Right. So I don't. I'm not even sure if we're there yet. I think yeah. We got a lot of work to do, and then we'll bring in like the more true conservative candidates. Yeah, I I completely agree with you because I can't tell you how many bills I've followed, and I watch these like you know, Christian conservative Republicans that are in office and then they vote on something that I would just never compromise. And I get angry. I'm like, why would you vote? And then I talk to like my GOP sources. I talk to people on their team and they're like, Anthony, Anthony, you don't understand. This person is in a purple seat. It's leaning Democrat. They have to compromise or else we're going to lose that seat. Would you rather have a Democrat there? And I'm just like, I just... 
the that and you're absolutely right that's another big factor of why i can't run i yeah. can't compromise i just can't to me i'd rather lose my seat than compromise on something i believe in yeah, i would rather look at my voters and say i am going to represent the people that care about america mm -hmm that believe with my values and morals and that might not be all of you but i promise the people that don't agree with me i will do right by yeah. by you but if there's ever a vote that makes me have to vote against the majority here or my christian values i'm telling you right now i'm never gonna yeah. do it never and i will never apologize and people when people I talk to a lot of people, people in Congress, people in Senate, people at the State Assembly. When they hear me say that, they're like, then you're never going to become. And I'm like, good. I don't yeah. want to then yeah. because I don't want to have to compromise. And I want to believe that that's wrong, you know, but I think also maybe we come from like an old school mentality of like yeah. re respect is given where respect is earned, mm -hmm. you know, and like like they would say like real recognize real. Right. Like I feel like to me, if a person, I, I have more respect for someone who's going to be upfront of who they are and not compromise versus like trying to be a people pleaser right like that's a big turn off to me like personality wise i'm like i don't trust that person you, you're a flip-flopper like i can't rely on you you know i'd rather have the person that's going to be just who they are and stick right. to who they are and i think that people would um vote more for that candidate but i've been told many times that i'm wrong by people who know better yeah <laughs> politically right yeah so, yeah I, I i go back and forth with that a lot too yeah i think the political game is just that's, that's it's, when I was now. I yeah. Remember. And so to me, I'm like, I'd rather work at the private sector and bring those candidates in, yeah. have a conversation with them. I'd rather have leaders yeah. like yourself in your community. I'd rather have you guys on my platform, boost you guys and, and, and share you across my social because I feel like that's what God is calling me. It's like, hey, these things that no one's talking about, yeah. Anthony's talking about them. And he's bringing on the guests that are not afraid to talk about these things. And so I just truly feel like that that's where God has called me. And people are like, oh, 2024? I'm like, dude, no, it's just not going to yeah. happen. I mean, again, anything can change. Right. I say that now, you say that now, yeah. but it's like, como dice el dicho, they say, uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, you know, because he's got different plans for you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so with that, um, where can people find you online? Um, so I'm on Instagram, Karina underscore Manuela with the K, or um, TikTok conservative mommy conservative <laughs> i saw that you're going to the culture you know? yeah yeah exactly um and so what 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 are your what are your last question i have for you is what are your what are you hoping to achieve through all of this like what what what, what would you like to see 2022 2024 more republican votes more people awake yeah. what, what would you like to see definitely want to see more republican votes but you know i've always come more from like a place of empowerment and i really just want to help people understand that they have the ability to change things. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like that's the biggest issue when I talk to people and I ask them to volunteer or like to get involved. They're like, well, things are not going to change anyways. You know, mm -hmm. I, I want to show them that no, things can change. And if we get enough of us and we can absolutely change some things. So I really want to show people like what's possible. And I think if we can be like the front runners of that, then more people will follow. I think in that way we are leaders, you know, of just showing people like, hey, if, if you get involved, things can change. I don't want you to feel like you're powerless because this is not the way that the government was set up, right? Yeah. It's by the people and we are the people. So what I really want is just to inspire people to get involved, empower them to let them know that they can change things, that it doesn't have to stay this way, and hopefully get involved with this election and upcoming ones. 
there you have it. Karina Manuela, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks for everyone that tuned in. Appreciate you guys. Like, subscribe, and share. <laughs>